Welcome to Listening to Pain Try with Mike and Dan, a podcast about the art and hobby of miniature painting. This is mini episode number three, and this episode is a couple of days late. Please forgive us, we've been slammed with real world stuff and that just has to take priority sometimes. That's why I'm flying solo on this review even though both Dan and I attend. Thank you for your patience in joining us on our journey to become better, braver, and happier painters. This week, our quest led us to the Richmond International Plastic Modeler Society's Old Dominion Open, which was held on February 29th in Richmond, Virginia. This show included displays, a painting competition, and vendors. Overall, first impression was that it was a good time. The day dragged on towards the end when they did the award ceremony, but that's to be expected because they had 78 different categories. Actually, it was more than that because they also had special awards, etc. Let's start out with the vendors. There are a lot of good vendors there, but most are focused on scale model kits. If that's your sort of thing, then this would have been a jackpot, especially since many of those kits were being sold for below market value, so you could get some really good deals there. I did not partake this time. Maybe next next model or show I go to, I'll definitely pick up a scale kit to give it a try. There was also a hobby vendor there who had a great selection of AK Interactive, MIG, and Vallejo products. Um, there was also a vendor selling some Gundam and Star Wars kits, so there was some diversity, but most of it focused around either military models or cars and things along those lines. Um, I do think that there is a potential opportunity there if somebody was a vendor that sold figures, maybe not necessarily like Warhammer 40k or board game type stuff, but if you sold more of the in, um, history 75mm, 54mm uh, style figures, then I think you'd be able to actually make some money. Now, let's talk about the painting competition. There are so many wonderful painted models there, and with over 78 categories, there was certainly something for everyone to look at and enjoy. I did enter three pieces into the competition. Two wound up being in the same category because I misread what one of the categories was, and so I wound up having to put them in the same uh, the same category, which was my Space Marine Lieutenant Raptor and then my Castellan Robot. Um, I also had a diorama I entered, and I had purchased that, uh, not purchased, excuse me, I created that uh, two Christmases ago for my wife, and figured why not give it a shot, throw it in the diorama contest. Unfortunately, none of my pieces placed, but such is life. Um, I kind of had a feeling that would be the case. A lot of times in these type of shows, there are, well, let's just say the best way to explain it is kind of bigger, flashier pieces tend to win, and I, I don't paint necessarily big pieces. Like, for example, the Lieutenant and the Raptor were in the same category as a two-foot Boba Fett and a two-foot Robocop, and the Robocop had this whole black-like effect, black, black light effect going on where the person turned on a black light and it kind of changed the nature of, the, uh, of it, etc. So, you know, th- those are kind of it is what it is. You got to paint to the competition. I don't really paint to that style. I just felt I should bring some stuff in and, and uh, just kind of see what happens. You know, another example of kind of a gimmicky thing is someone did a really nice, enormous Jawa sand crawler, um, but it also was had a sound machine inside it, but that was making Jawa noises. Very cute. Really enjoyed looking at it. But again, something that, I mean, then that Jawa cruiser, uh, Jawa sand crawler was probably uh, three feet long and a foot and a half tall. So an enormous uh, piece of equipment. I imagine that must have taken forever. But that's okay. You know, that's people will do these wonderful displays and it's awesome to see. Anyways, it was impressive to see all the different models. And you can see some of them too if you follow us on Instagram at listening to paint dry. 
The categories range from aircraft to tanks to model cars, motorcycles, commercial vehicles, sci-fi, fantasy. They had independent figure categories, diorama, etc. You name it, they had the category. But that is actually one of the areas that was kind of a weakness of it in the sense that they had a hard time separating categories such as, you know, they had a sci-fi figure category. Well, that's awfully large. And they had a fantasy figure category. Well, that's awfully broad as well. So it was a little bit, uh, how do I explain it? It was wonderful to see the models, but they shouldn't be together. (laughs) Dan and I were privileged enough to be asked to judge three different categories, two Gundam selections and one figure category, and that was 90 millimeter or smaller. I know very little about Gundams. I know that they were based on a Japanese anime slash cartoon and that most of the kits come in multicolored plastic, so you don't have to paint them if you don't want to. Well, let's just say I was wrong. It's a whole different world than the one I'm accustomed to as a figure painter. Our guide to the Brave New World was a guy named Nick from Macho Models. He is considered a Gundam expert, and he was the head judge of the two categories. He was very patient, especially with me while I was confused why none of the models had edge highlights or really any contrast to speak of. He explained about factory finishes and weathering and posability and painting techniques that Gundam modelers use. So thank you very much, Nick, for your guidance. And you can follow him on Instagram at Macho Models, and that's models with a Z at the end. The overall best Gundam figure was one called Airdrop. It was an enormous mech and had a battle suit that basically getting ready to be dropped from an airship with three parachutes. And the bottom of the base looked like an open uh, bomb bay door, and it showed kind of a blurry ground. It was a very convincing piece and one I think modelers of all genres would have been impressed by and appreciated. Now, judging the figure category was a whole different ballgame. This is actually where my main criticism of the competition resides. Understanding that it's originally a scale model and military show, there are going to be some growing pains as it starts to include figures, sci-fi, and fantasy in Gundam. This is to be expected and they are certainly trying to learn and grow. But when I looked at the figures that I was tasked with being a judge for, there were three dioramas entered into the category. I learned that the modeler is the one who decides which category it goes into. And there are a few different reasons that a modeler would put a piece in the wrong category. It could be just an honest mistake. It could be a misunderstanding of what the category is. Or they're kind of trying to game the system by putting as many different models in as many different categories as possible. But clearly, in a single figure competition or category, there should not be models that have two and three plus figures in them. One had two, one had three, and one had five. And so I had a really hard time separating those and not like like and allowing them kind of in that category. That's going to be a tough one. They're going to have to figure out how to do how to kind of regulate what category things go into because I'm sure in a military category if there was a there's some deviation in a plane or whether it has crew or no crew or anything along those lines, they would be all over it. But not so much when it came to sci-fi, fantasy, and figures. You know, maybe what they could do is empower the judges to review the categories and look at them and say, nope, this is three figures, this is a diorama, not single figure under 90 millimeter. With that being said, there were quite lovely pieces, and I definitely enjoyed being able to get an in-depth look at them. The main takeaway, though, was that it was a good time, and I learned quite a bit about some new hobby areas I was unfamiliar with. I encourage everyone to cross hobby genres and find out how different groups tackle similar problems. Like the way Gundam modelers typically handle seam lines is very different than the base putty, appro- putty approach that we use as figure painters and, mo- and 
like tabletop gamers, etc. So it's very neat, time intensive, but very neat and is actually pretty effective. I was so motivated uh, and inspired by seeing all the different types of models that I decided to try to take on one of those myself. So I purchased my first Gundam. And so we're going to start a new series, limited time. It's only going to be a few episodes, but it's going to be called A Mini Painter and Headlights Gundam Edition, where I will keep an audio journal of building and painting my first Gundam. So thank you so much for joining me today. If you have a comment, question, idea uh, for the show, uh, a topic that you want us to cover, or just tell us what you're working on, drop us an email at listeningtopaintry at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at listeningtopaintry and on Facebook in the same way. We'll be back next week with an interview with the one and only Sam Lenz. So go out there, explore new genres and different hobbies to become better, braver, and happier. Until next time. Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan is a production of LTPDWMD. All rights reserved. No portion of this recording may be used without the express written consent of the host. The music is Death by a Thousand Questions by Springtide. Download from the free music archive on a non-commercial attribution share-alike basis. All views and opinions expressed in the show are solely the views and opinions of the person who said them. All celebrity voices, if any, were impersonated and done so poorly.